Big O Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. You'll also save big on tires. How big? Buy three select tires, get one free with paid installation, including brands like Nitto and Cooper. Get four tires, but pay for only three. Right now at Big O Tires, during Black Friday deals only through December 8th. Interest-free financing available, too. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. It all started so well for the Chiefs Sunday at Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes was back at quarterback, and the Chiefs opened a 10-0 lead. Then the mistakes started piling up. Penalties, a costly turnover, special teams problems, and the Chiefs found themselves in a dogfight with the Titans, one they lost, 35-32. It was a dispiriting setback. The Chiefs took a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter on a remarkable 63-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes to McCole Hardman. But back came Tennessee, and the Chiefs' chance to tie the game and send it into overtime ended with a blocked field goal attempt. Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell were joined by columnist Vahe Gregorian in a post-game Facebook Live now presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast presented by Big O Tires. It's Monday, November 11th, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. They break down the good and the bad, and there were plenty of both. Links to the stories from the game can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and on the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to producer Leah Becerra for putting together today's episode, and we'll be back on Tuesday for another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City. And to all of America's veterans, this is your day. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you for your service. Welcome to this week's edition of Red Zone Extra, brought to you in part by Big O Tires. I'm Herbie Teope, filling in for Blair Kirkhoff, who hopefully is still watching us from this living room in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. I'm joined right now by my esteemed colleague, Vahe Gregorian. Sam McDowell will be joining us shortly. Vahe, a lot to digest tonight in this, I would stunning loss. Is that the perfect way to put this 35-32 loss to the Titans? I think jarring, uh, and you say a lot to digest, a lot that's indigestible. <laughs> I think that's part of, the, part of the process of unpacking this, right? A lot that you just find hard to accept in the way this loss came about. And I think the biggest the biggest storyline coming out of this game is special teams just absolutely was not special at all. And life comes at you in the National Football League when you consider Harrison Bucker won the Special Teams Player of the Week award last week, had a missed point after attempt, but there were two huge plays that really defined this loss. And I know you wrote about it, so what did you see in this game? Well, I think, I think a couple things happened that we... Almost never seen. I, I don't really even remember a blocked kick, although theoretically Harrison Busker's kick last week, game-winning kick, was blocked, right? A finger on it. Um, but I, don't, I certainly don't remember a, a, a completely um, blown exchange between uh, two really steady, um, completely reliable guys, right? James Winchester mm-hmm. and Dustin Colquitt. They've been working together since 2015, and... I don't know how we can quantify how many snaps they've taken together, but I'm sure it's in the thousands, if not tens of thousands. And we've certainly never in a game before seen any situation where, I mean, certainly there have been exchanges where it wasn't ideal or something's gone a little bit off, but never where Dustin Colquitt had to pass or, or run. Um, so that was a first and of all times for it to happen, right? You just kind of yeah. think as the Chiefs are coming into the last two minutes there that, that, that there's eight factors in their favor. And every one of them just went the wrong way. And so our viewers understand what we're talking about here on that play there. The Chiefs had an opportunity. They were going to kick a field goal or attempt a field goal. An opportunity. They were holding a 32-27 lead at that point. An opportunity to go up eight 
with, with less than two minutes left, bad snap results in Colquitt scooping the ball up and then gets, tries to throw it away, gets called for intentional grounding, and then it goes, and then it just spirals out of control from there. And I will say, it didn't have to spiral out of control from there, but there was something about the nature of that play that just made you feel like all bets are off. Like, yeah. this is just freakish, frantic, um, mm -hmm. you know, flips the, flips the field, changes the script, and so, and yet, I think the term we all used earlier was something of this nature, the defense was free to stop the Titans at yeah, that point. Yeah, right? I mean, to me, yeah. that's... The, the most, of course, when you only have 16 NFL games in a season, when you lose one of them, it's gigantic. And I, I think that they played themselves out of the potential of a first-round bye with, with this loss today. So that obviously is, is huge. But to me, what worries you most going forward is we kind of thought this defense might be, for lack of a better term, fixed. The past two weeks, they showed that a lot of good things against two good offenses at that. Last three weeks, really, when you include Denver – um, of course, I'm not going to include them in the good offense part of this. <laughs> right. But still, and, and then the defense had an opportunity to win the game today, and they didn't. And they had a really good opportunity to win the game because last week they had to stop Kirk Cousins with all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. This week all they had to do was stop Ryan Tannehill without timeouts with a minute and, what, 20 seconds to, to go 60 yards, and he's got to get a touchdown, not just a field goal. Right. Defense has to come up with a stop there. Yeah, and and also the, the the fact that I can't remember the exact term that Frank Clark used, but but he, he did use the term we we were soft on that last drive. We made some plays, but we were soft, and he sort of made the point that Tannehill Tannehill's runs were a pretty big factor in that yeah. too. I mean, we're pretty that focused on Derrick Henry, play, but yeah. that first play yeah. continued to set that tone. Right? Didn't you start? You just again we're just we're just observers. We don't know how it's going to play, but you sort of start feeling like. Huh, this is getting to be yeah. a little problematic. There were, there were just, like like you mentioned, Vi, or at least alluded to it, there's so many things on the checklist where if they were able to check one box in the last two minutes, they win the game, which, um, and something I brought up earlier with you, Herbie, is you had all eight of those things as an opportunity to sort of <laughs> start off your game story with, and I, I think we're just curious what stood out <laughs> most to you about, about these these eight things that went wrong. But it, it's the Titans. You know, it is, for one reason or another, the Kansas City Chiefs have an issue against the Tennessee Titans. This is their fourth straight loss against Tennessee, and what's amazing about this is head coach Andy Reid is now 1-8 against the Titans. He's one of seven coaches in NFL history to have set of 200 or more career wins, but he's 1-8 against the Titans. For one reason or another, the Titans seem to have the Chiefs' number, and if they, you didn't they, they tend that, to win in some crazy ways. If you didn't know that stat, how many guesses would you need to have before you guessed that Which was team? the team yeah. that he's 1-8 against? It, there's no logic to it. Right, yeah. and, and that's, that's sort of part of the oddity, too, right? It's, it's as, as we talked about earlier, uh, you know, different quarterbacks, different different matchups, yeah. different co opposing coaches different places, different circumstances, just somehow one of those nemeses, if that's the plural, plural yeah. of the word, is, I mean, just I mean, that way. At what point is it no longer a small sample size? <laughs> but in the crazy thing is, he's got yeah. nine games now. Yeah, and, yeah. and Vahe, you mentioned earlier, how many times did have uh, Dustin Colquitt and James Winchester gone through that snapping process? The one time they have a bad time, it's against the Titans. It's like, what is it about the Tennessee Titans? I will give James Winchester a lot of credit, though. After the game, and I know you were over there talking to him, but I, I got in there late. He stood at his locker room. He knew 
the media was going to come in there looking for him, and he stood there and he answered a lot of tough questions. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Well, look, I, I think I think this we we can understand the nature of the miscommunication a little more specifically, and, and there was some kind of uh, physical count. It wasn't. I don't think it was a hand uh, gesture. I think it maybe it was a head gesture that it was going to be. It does seem like the usual and. and just to sort of ask you to clarify if this is how you understood it, it seems like the usual signal is he looks up at Butker and stares at him until he gets the go-ahead, and then he looks back. I think that's exactly I think right. once he looks back, that's sort of Winchester's cue. And I, I just wondered afterwards if Winchester looked down, saw he was looking at him, and thought he'd already made that move. I think it was along those lines. James didn't quite elaborate that much, although he stood, he did stand in the pocket and take take you know, the questions, and, and both those guys were obviously the kind of people that you, you know will do that. They, yeah. both, they both were ready to address it. The point that Dustin and James made really was that Dustin looked up to Butker, as he usually does, the very point you were just making, and somehow James took that to be the head move was towards him. I think, I don't know the exact gesture he would make, but it was basically that. So James started to snap and then actually tried to stop because he realized That's why it was low, and, and, and that accounts for the bad snap too. Yeah. So it was the combination of things. Just yeah. just a crazy thing. And you know, meanwhile, though, of course, we got the, the rush coming off the edge at a... Oh, that's a different play. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead and break that All these things on one play. I'm, sort of, I'm sort of just uh, <laughs> imagining how many times in practice Dustin Colquitt is just going to be doing this, and they're just got to practice the head knot over and over again all, all week now. Well, and what, what I don't know exactly, and maybe it, it's a little hectic in the locker room afterwards. You, you only get a minute or so with a couple of these guys, and... Um, I think they would have taken more questions, but it was just kind of tightening up on us, so we didn't get to ask more. But, but I do think a thing that stood out to me was Dustin used the term um, that all five reps today they did the same thing. So, so maybe it's sort there of like was something a, a little different that changes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But what is interesting in the block kick later was that um, Tennessee players were talking about how the Chiefs had not changed their cadence all day, and that that was part of why he got a running jump that appeared to be at first blush and offside, but I, I think, I feel like we watched this together and thought, even though it was one angle we saw, I felt pretty much like it wasn't offside. I agree. What, what Tyreek Hill said about that play, because you oh, watched from the sideline, yeah. he said it, it was something out of Madden. Yeah, I saw, I saw that he said yeah, that. Yeah, he timed that jump perfectly. It was that, like he said something would, out of like a video game. That, that was give, fire. I that think it was a source to yeah. it, though. That yeah. was a source to, to why they were able to do that, though. Yeah, it, it, it's so in a weird way, those kind of things somehow all work together, right? The cadence, sure. something was going wrong with the communication at the end, but but yet it was something that related to the Titans' ability to read it a little bit on the last one. Yeah. So who knew you had to shake that up that much? I, I'm sort of curious, because um, while you were talking to those guys, Herbie and I were kind of roaming the locker room elsewhere, and... Um, I know Sam wrote about this, but I think we should put it out there anyway. Damian Williams in the locker room was unlike really you see after a regular season game at least. I mean, he's staring straight ahead. I, I wondered if he had blinked in the last 15 minutes. Still in his uniform. Still in his uniform, yeah. full pads and everything. Nobody else in that locker room is still in their uniform. And there's it's it's almost like, I mean, there's just a single tear yeah. streaming yeah. down his face. Yeah. And you wonder just the emotions that were going through him because it wasn't the right it did it wasn't the right time to quite approach him and then by the time he had gone eventually and I, I think it was 15 20 minutes after 
uh, to, to shower and come back out, we, we were pushed out of the locker room. And not because of that, but right, just the, right. the way the timing worked out. So that really stood out to me in the locker room. Uh, Herbie, I know you were with four or five guys afterwards. I'm wondering if there's, if there's one or two things that, that really stood out to, to you in that it's, locker room. It's, it's stunning to them. And here's the crazy thing about this. All right, here we are talking about some areas about this game, and we're not even, we haven't even touched on Patrick Mahomes' return. <laughs> and that, that's how crazy this loss was <laughs> to the Tennessee Titans. Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's story in this game. Yeah, for it, the first 55 minutes. There were so many angles that in the last five minutes of this game, we haven't even touched on Mahomes yet, but we'll get to him. I'm, I'm sure you guys want to know how he did, but we'll get to him shortly. There's a sense of stunned bewilderment. Um, emotions in that locker room. I agree. I thought they were surprised by how this game finished. Damian Wilson, I was over there chatting with him, and he just said, hey, I, I have never seen anything like this in, in my years in the National Football League. And, of course, he follows up with the classic Bill Parcells cliche, it is what it is. <laughs> but a lot of players were, were very stunned at this. And you mentioned the defense. To me, I think they had an opportunity to really step up on that last drive, but also in the second half. They had an opportunity to stop a guy that the tight, they knew was coming at him in Derrick Henry. And Henry just really had a good second half and kept the Titans in the game. He was the main reason why they were in the game. Yes, Tannehill had a good last drive, but if not for Henry, yeah. they're not in that position. You know, He had a 68-yard touchdown run. He had a one-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter on a 10-play drive. And on that 10-play drive, he had seven yeah, touches. He set up his own touchdown run. Yeah. If, if only they had read your story going into the game, <laughs> they would have known this was going to be an issue. Yeah, but look, it, it, I mean, you can point to a lot of these plays this way, and, it, and like, okay, Damian Williams doesn't fumble. The game's totally different. Which, Henry might, doesn't, which might explain his emotion. I know, it, and we were, we're only guessing, yeah, right? But it, just, but, it, yeah, but I, I would, I would bet if I were betting the return that, for six points. Yeah, they, they had a touchdown. They had all the momentum in this game when when that fumble. Occurred. They did, and and. and and, and if Henry doesn't have a 68-yard run, his numbers look different. But also, if McCole Hardman doesn't do a ridiculous play, I mean, an amazing play, on, on an amazing pass from Mahomes that was actually overlooked say, was, by the I play. Say, I was going to say, right? the run was what stood out to you on that I, Well, <laughs> initially it was. It's like I couldn't, and I've said this to myself uh, 15 times this season or 10 times with him, I, I really can't believe the burst he has, and then yeah. he, he does it again and surprises you. I agree you. with you. It's not, it's not just the breakaway speed. It's how quickly he gets to that speed Yeah, it shocks you with him. Yeah, it was. And then, of course, the Mahomes contorting jump pass, it, it still makes no sense for a guy that you know, we wondered if it was okay if he was going to play. And we can go back to Mahomes. But the last point I was going to make there was just, but the game has sustained all these things, and now we're in that last two minutes, and that's where we were. And yeah. it was just drizzling through the game. That's where the game was lost. I mean, yeah. That's, that's what we focused. It's, it's where the game was yeah. lost. The best thing about that part, too, is and it, I'm going to use Damian Williams or Wilson's quote to me. He's like, in the National Football League, anything can happen. Today, anything happens. And that's basically it. But you know, and then it happened again. And then it happened again. again. Yeah. But, yeah. but to, to Vahe's point earlier, and I guess we should talk about the man who, who actually returned to action today because. He, he really energized, in my opinion, the, the Chiefs offense. We're talking, obviously, about Patrick Mahomes. Missed the last two games with, with, as he recovered from a dislocated right kneecap. 400 yards. I know you, you wrote about it. Yeah, yeah. Sec second highest total yeah. ever. In, Rams in game touchdowns. last year was the only other yeah. one, right? I think the way I phrased it was Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes. I didn't see many limitations. I thought a couple of the biggest plays 
or most maybe most noteworthy plays because obviously the, the pass that Vahe mentioned was just absurd. It's once again him doing something that we just don't see covering football. Um, but I, I thought him taking that hit in the first quarter and jumping up fine. Um, and of course I asked him about it after the game and he dismissed it and said he was confident going into the game that nothing yeah. was going to be wrong. But I think getting that first hit out of the way was pretty big because we saw the very first play of the game should have been intercepted. Should have been. Yeah. And, and was ruled it an was initially ruled yeah. an interception. And I, I just thought getting that hit out of the way, he, he sort of cruised afterwards and decided, I am okay. And we saw him scramble a couple of times. Now, not to run downfield, but just to extend plays a little bit. Um, and, of course, the, the jump play, you've got to be confident in your knee that you're, because you're, you're landing on it. And... Um, I know Herbie was in, in there and may, may have even been the one that asked McCole Hardman. He had no idea that Patrick Mahomes had thrown the ball that way. Yeah, that's he, right. He had, yeah. He had that zero funny. idea. And because he said the, the ball came out funny. And, and Mahomes. Just his motion. It's sort of like if you're a batter, you know exactly where the, mm -hmm. the pitcher's arm slot's going to be. And I think he's used to that with Mahomes, even though he does change it a little bit. And I think he saw that pass so late and he was wondering why. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is, if you remember, Mahomes actually addressed. That play um, post game where he mentioned he threw the ball and, and Hardman's back was still to him, so yeah, when he immediately turned around, he, he didn't actually see him jump up. But that's that that was just a phenomenal play. You're it, right. That's that's important to note here, though, because I think maybe the three of us and, and Sam as well and and Blair have been wondering, seeing McCall Hardman's playing time go down offensively, and part of that certainly is because Tyree kills healthy. It was a stretch where he wasn't. Sammy Watkins um, is healthy. Sammy Watkins as well. Um, but the only thing that we've seen maybe go against McCole Hardman this year, has been, it's been a couple times where his timing's been off with Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes has been very candid about the fact that he thought Hardman should have done something different on yeah, the route. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought Herbie's note there of the fact that Hardman, he said, did exactly what I wanted him to do on that play was pretty noteworthy. That's a, that's a really good point that I wouldn't have thought of until you brought it back up that way because – McCall actually, I think his numbers, his snaps might have been up a little with more in there. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's been diminishing. But today, I, and I asked him specifically in the locker room because I thought it was his first offensive snap, and he said he'd been in a couple other times, but it was his first target. Yes, yeah. his first target. Yeah, yeah. his only um, target and and only target. And um, he threw the ball fifty times today. He threw fifty times. The only thing I wondered about with Patrick was. Um, and it started from the get-go on the first play. Uh, I thought I, he could have run on that first play, and it was a lot of open field. You're right. And he decided not to, and he decided to throw pretty much pretty against the grain, almost yeah. as if, I don't know if he was trying to make a statement like, I can do this, I or a statement, I'm not going to run. Yeah, I thought um, it was more of the former. Yeah. I, I thought they had that play queued up. Obviously, they had that play queued up coming into the game, and I... I thought he took a shot. Yeah, and, and it was a reckless shot, actually, for him. I mean, and, and look, we've seen Tyree Kill come up with that ball, um, but he comes up with that ball as a special play. It's not to be assumed that you're going to just throw that there, and you don't have to. Um, which, anyway, the whole thing, I, as I look on the sheet, I mean, he, uh, Patrick really didn't run once. Um, which reminds me of his mom's tweet the other day that she she, she grounded him from running in this game. So I, he, he listened to you. I can't believe uh, she she overruled Andy on that. The, the, the curious thing to me, well, not necessarily curious, but it was it really emphasized that Mahomes' chemistry with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because if, if of his fifty completions, a little bit less than half of them were to Tyreek Hill 
and Kelsey. I mean, I believe um, Hill had sort of form all day. Yeah, 11 catches, 11 catches on 19 targets, right? 19 Yeah, 19 targets. targets. Yeah. Kelsey was 7-7. Seven seven. Throwing just 7 times, 7 targets. So I'd be, I'd be shocked if Patrick has ever targeted one guy 19 times since he's been a chief. I, I think that's... Well, let's just throw it out there. He's never done it. Yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> so, we're so, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's sort of a little lost in the shuffle here. I, I don't know if something was, was wrong with Sammy Watkins, but he dropped a couple, and a couple that you might call, you know, drops strong sometimes, right? There's a difference between yeah. dropped and catchable, right? And, and so it's a little bit of a blunt way to put it. I but think both of those should have yeah, been. Yeah, that one over the middle. Absolutely. And then play. the one dropped in on him. Yeah. Correct. And then, but the play that stood out to me was I think it might have been the play right before uh, McCole Hardman's touchdown, or certainly just before it. Um, it was a, a little uh, pass out in the flat, or maybe, I don't know how he got the ball, but he had no acceleration. It was a handoff. It was a handoff. There you go. It was a handoff. It was no acceleration and no aggressiveness. He just kind of went out of bounds. Almost, He's a fierce like, runner usually. Yeah, it almost looked like he was trying to deep the defense into thinking he didn't have the ball. It was bizarre the way he took the handoff. And I, I might be wrong, but I think it was within the next play or two that suddenly you saw Pringle in, and Hardman lined up left on that play that was right. the Hardman touchdown. On third down. On third down, yeah. We mentioned the good, we mentioned the bad, but let's... let's Let's, let's go to the ugly. Let's go to the oh. ugly right now because we have to digest really what did we take away from this loss. There was a lot to come out of this. Chiefs had a lot of penalties. The lost fumble you mentioned earlier. This, they're now one and two because they've lost three straight. They've lost fumbles in three straight games. They, yeah. they went one and two in that stretch. A lot of penalties. The special teams. They're now six and four. Okay, they're six and four. Six games left. Four of those games are coming against AFC West opponents. They only hold a half-game lead over the Oakland Raiders now. What's our biggest takeaway from this? By you first, since you're the columnist. Well, look, I, I, think, I think you can feel okay about where Patrick is, first of all. I think, right? I mean, maybe it's one of those things where they have to see how he feels tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's a big exhale to just start off with here, right? I mean, he's – I don't know about you guys, but I, I felt like – okay, I'm going to trust their decision, but I'm still going to be gritting my teeth. And I, I think you feel like, okay, he's good. So that's, that's pretty big. I still feel like we're seeing some more good things out of the defense, but they're not creating enough turnovers. They were lucky, I think, to get that uh, fumble ruled in their favor today. I agree. I feel like Tannehill had it. And I, I, I'm not sure the technicality of the ruling, but I, I felt like it was just a good break for the Chiefs there. Um, but the defense, to me, still is not rising to the occasion when it needs to most, and not consistently, right? And here you, here you have exhibit a new Exhibit A, which is they had a chance to win the game today, and they didn't. And they just they need to come through there for you to feel good about where this season's heading. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I think you can live with the loss. You can live with being 6-4. and four. There were some bizarre things in here, but... In the end, actually, my big takeaway is this was a chance for the defense to say, yeah, we really are on this trajectory, and they didn't say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to sort of echo that, but 6-4, and four, you've got a team now that's going to be fighting for the division, yeah. fighting for the playoff lives, and probably two things that I think we all sort of assumed were going to be a given this season, especially after the way those first four weeks went. It's not just 6-4. and four. This team started 4-0. and oh. 
They, yes. They've lost four out of six games, and you can blame the fact that you missed Mahomes for one of those games, but he still lost three of his last five. They, they have lost, am I right about this? Three, the last three games Mahomes has started and finished, they've lost. Correct. Yeah? Correct. That's a little weird. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, obviously today's not on him. With the no, no, but I'm just head. saying it's just, you know, it's, it's showing just, that that's just not. Blame him. You're blaming him. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying it's not the trump card that, that you right. always thought it was. You're right. right. And part of that is because we thought this defense was getting better. And I, I said it earlier, I think the, I think the first round bye is out of the equation now based on losing this game. But you can win Super Bowls. You can get to Super Bowls and play in the wild card round. We've seen a lot of teams do that. But if this team wants to be one of them, the defense has to play the way it did the previous three weeks. Because, like you mentioned, even if you've got that, that unique guy at quarterback, you still have to play the other side of the ball. And as good as Patrick Mahomes was today, they failed him in the, in the other two phases, special teams and defense. And you've got to have more than one phase of the game working in your favor in the NFL to win games. Yeah, yeah. So how do they turn the corner, Sam, in your opinion? Six games left. We always feel like we know what the identity of the Chiefs team is. And it seems it changes every other week. It, it what is. needs to happen here in the last month you know, and a half? I, I think I thought going into this game that if you saw the Patrick Mahomes you're used to seeing, which we did today, that this team could be as good as any team in the AFC. Obviously, New England's always going to be the favorite, I think, as health pending. But I thought the way this defense was playing, that they were on the right path to, to compete with anybody. And what I saw today, I just think, especially that last drive, letting Ryan Tannehill mm -hmm. drive 60 yards on you, having to get a touchdown with no timeouts and, what, 80 seconds. I, I just thought that was particularly concerning. And, I mean, you talked to defensive players, I did too. They thought it was concerning as well. Well, yeah. And, and what's weird, though, is that you do get back to the whole thing where, like, the gateway to that was the botched, the botched field goal. It was. I mean, but it's just the gateway. Exactly. You, know, you still got an opportunity yeah. to. It's it's just like, and I feel like I've made three baseball analogies now. But just just because the guy behind you didn't get the run home doesn't mean you can't get the run home. Right. And the defense had an opportunity to to pick up their teammates today, and they didn't do it. Um, but one thing one thing we should mention, and something else that I wrote about, Frank Clark saying tonight that he has been playing injured all season, not just missing those last two weeks. He told me at the end of training camp he had a pinched nerve. And that the reason he set out the last two weeks is that pinched nerve got so bad that he's feeling burning sensations in his arm and numbness in his fingers, which is common with the pinched nerve. It's not common to play in the NFL <laughs> with numbness in your fingers. And he said he's been timid this year because of it. He's been slow this year because of it. Um, and a lot of people have probably been wondering why his, his production hasn't been what we saw in Seattle. Uh, he did have a sack today, and a lot of that was because Chris Jones just absolutely... Oh, that play. Blind, oh. You know, it's the movie Blindside, him just driving the guy yeah, yeah. 20 yards backwards, yeah. and Tannehill's got to step up into that. But Clark still makes the play. Yeah. He had four solo tackles today, which is the second most he's had on the season. He dropped interception. He could have had an interception. <laughs> um, but that's going to be something to monitor going forward because those, those things are tricky. Yeah. And here's the deal with that injury, too. But He did play, but... Having him on the field now takes a lot of importance because head coach Andy Reid revealed after the game that Emmanuel Ogba suffered a pictorial, a right pictorial muscle. So that that's typically season ending, 
And so now the Chiefs are now hurting. He leads them in sacks. Yeah, and, and now you got to get Clark back. And I thought it was interesting that Sam did, did have that newser piece on Clark because it did shed a lot of light that this has been something that he's been dealing with since, since training camp. You, you reminded me of this, too, that we haven't had a chance to address, but it's, it, it bears mentioning that that patchwork offensive line Yes. at one point today, I mean, at, at one point today it was one guy who started the season at his position, Austin, Austin Ryder. Yeah. And everybody, there were a couple guys that had been playing but played at other positions, and that sequence where the Iron Man, Mitchell Schwartz, goes down, and the next play, Rankin goes down, and, and that looked like a severe Serious. injury. At least Schwartz came back, by the way, I should add, but his streak was broken. Reed basically said that Rankin will know more after Monday's MRI, but here's the telling thing. They immediately ruled him out. Well, they immediately carted him and immediately ruled him out. He was was in crutches in the locker room after the game as well. But the offensive line, you know, you thought maybe they had a little bit of depth there. That's gone when you've got three injuries. And the defensive line... I thought that would spend the strength and one of the reasons they're getting more sacks is those guys have been fresh. They've been they've been yeah. cycling in and out of the mm-hmm. games. And now when you've got injuries there and you've got to play more often, Herbie actually said something on the very last play, uh, uh, the Titans touchdown. He said Chris Jones is gassed. And sure enough, he hardly rushed on that last play, and the Titans get a touchdown. If those guys had to play every game, they're, they're less effective. You said, yeah, or I heard one of you guys say something to the effect of this is on the on the defensive backs now or something to that effect. because They it, mentioned it, that because he yeah. thought that the defensive line was gassed. Yeah, the defensive gonna, backs were going to be the yeah, guys that yeah. make the play. Linebackers too. But, you know, yeah. but the interesting thing, why they, why they were so gassed late in the second half goes back to Derrick Henry. You know, Mike Vrabel right. 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 told the Tennessee Titans reporters that they noticed that those 10-yard runs, those 12-yard runs from Henry are because the defense was tired. And they noticed it. They really noticed it. Well, and I, didn't, I don't know this stat, but uh, Frank Clark brought up the stat that, that Henry is known for better yardage in the second half. Yes. Because, and it makes sense. He wears you down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a big physical back. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of, of rushing in the second half, just because we have been asked about it a few times, um, the third and two call where they, where they pass the ball, I just want to – from both of you guys' perspectives, what, what you thought of, you know, when the Chiefs are trying to ice the game, if they get yeah. a first down, the game's over, they, they pass the ball, and Mahomes ends up sliding down, which is a super heads-up play yeah. to make the Titans use that last timeout. Of course, it doesn't end up mattering, but it could have. Um, but third and two, they've got an opportunity there to ice the game, and, and he calls a, a screenplay. I mean, look, I'm, in the moment, I remember thinking, what are they doing? But then when you just reflect on it for a minute, because it, it, Patrick's so smart, Mm-hmm. Um, it had the. It was basically the same effect as a run play. It was just a different way of going about hoping you could get the first. I mean, you get the first, the game's over. Patrick made it uh, less harmful by by not throwing it away um, and sliding. Made them use the last timeout. I I think you got most of what you wanted out of that, or at least you didn't you didn't hurt yourself from that. Yeah. What what happened on that play? Because Mahomes explained it. Yeah. Um, you were in there for Mahomes' explanation. What, what, did, what did he say on that play? I didn't quite hear exactly what he said. It was, I think it was, was, the was going to go to Blake Bell. It was going to go to Blake Bell, but I can't remember where he's. He said somewhere in there that the play broke him, broke down. Yeah. I want to say it's just that a defender stayed home. I don't think it was anything on the on the Chiefs' end. I think so I mean, too. I think um, that that's. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think you can question the. Reed's mentality, though, to throw there, because that's basically what he will do. He's not necessarily a running kind of guy, and I think if you want, on the biggest play of the game, put it in your best player's hands. I, I don't really have a problem with him making 
See, now many people, if they had, would be saying exactly that. Right. Would be saying, why didn't you put the ball in your best player's hands to, to win the game? You've got right. an opportunity. It, you know, Mitchell Schwartz pointed this out after the game. He said, I hope nobody is criticizing our coach right now because he ran that exact same play against Baltimore. Yeah. And it worked, and it got the first down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. nobody said afterwards, why are you passing here because it worked. They had completed, and this is downfield, you know, he, he completes 36 out of 54, 72% of his passes today. This is among the safest yeah. calls that they, mm-hmm. they had yeah. today. It just so happened the defense covered it. And yeah. I don't think that makes it the wrong decision to, to, to go for it. I don't either. And again, if, if, if it's thrown away, the clock stops, you don't make them use their last time out, maybe you feel different about it. But, but a smart guy made a smart play, Still made the best of the situation. Field. Still a makeable field. And exactly. Well within his range. For sure. Just didn't work out. Will the Chiefs get an extra day of rest coming up the following week because the next game they have is the Chargers in Mexico City. What do they need to concentrate on this coming week here before playing two straight AFC West opponents? Shame. I think mostly the... The in-the-trenches stuff, because that's where the Chargers are not great offensive line, so your defensive line needs to dominate that game. And the reverse way, the reason you need to concentrate on the opposite is because they are good on the defensive line. Melvin Ingram's a fantastic pass rusher, and if your tackles are beat up, you know, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm super interested to see what Eric Fisher's status is going to be for this upcoming week, because last time he tried to practice, he had a setback, and they decided... He's not ready yet. And then he he tried to give it a go on Friday. None of us thought he was going to play, but it was good to see him get back out there. And you wonder what that means for his status coming back around the other side of the week. Because, like I said, if if Mitchell Schwartz is is his hobbled and you're missing the other tackle and obviously you're missing some guys in between, um, I I think – that that's going to be a major factor in the game. And Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, you got to get him back too. I, he was. I I think I overheard a conversation that he he sort of implied he's close in the locker room after the game. Well, and I mean, I really nothing to add to that. I mean, I think that's it. It's they they got to get they got to get better on 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 their health. I mean, they got they got to get healthier. I mean, they have. I I know that injuries are a big part of the NFL, but this seems. Quite inordinate, actually. To Just me. that one I mean, sequence was unbelievable. Like Tyreek goes down. Yes. Then he hops back up. So I, I'm sure that Chiefs fans out there are just lands on his shoulder and elbow. Yeah. I guess, think it might be too something. Sim- yeah. Look too similar. Yeah. And I, I think they're, they're probably like, oh, okay, every, everything's okay. Very next play, Mitchell Schwartz goes out. Very next play, Rankin goes out with a serious injury. Um, it was just, and you just sort of thought, how much more can this team absorb during, yeah. in, in that category? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I get the next man up thing, but at some point there is no next man. The reason and the guy is listed atop the depth chart is he's the preferred choice. <laughs> the preferred choice. <laughs> um, and, and look, so I, I can't remember who said this, but I think the notion was that they were, they were um, you know, a guy away from having tight ends playing tackle. Um, and at... It's not what you want. Yeah. yeah, so so folks out there who didn't actually see that section of the game or came and joined the game late, what they're talking about here is Schwartz went down at right tackle. Knee injury. Listed as questionable. First return. time he's ever missed yes. a snap. First play. Martinez Rankins, yeah. Martinez Rankins shifts from left guard to right tackle, and then on the very next play he goes down with a knee injury, and then all of a sudden you had a lot of moving pieces because the Chiefs only had two other offensive linemen Trust. on the sideline, and that was Nick Allegretti and Stefan Wesniewski. 
Thankfully, Schwartz was able to come back, but this is a situation, as you mentioned, that you're, we're going to have to watch very closely as the week progresses. When does Laurent Duvernay Tardif return and Eric Fisher? Is he close to coming back? If not, would not surprise me one bit on Tuesday. We start hearing the Chiefs bring in a lot of offensive linemen to Jeff work out. Allen, Jeff Allen's still out there. Yeah, and Jeff Allen makes perfect sense because he's a plug-and-play kind of guy. You know, Multiple kind of, positions. It kind of surprised me they let him go, but you know, the offensive line is going to be – a big piece of this going forward. Nick Allegretti had two two offensive snaps before today, and, and uh, Steph, do you pronounce it Stefan? Yeah, he goes Stefan. Stefan Wisniewski uh, had 15 snaps as a chief, and that was. But they 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 treaded water fine, right, for the little bit that yeah, they were they, in there. That they was they just getting to the half and no sacks. Was there one sack of Patrick today? Two. Too. But it they didn't, yeah, it didn't come with that. Oh, yeah. That's it's true. The, the second one was where he gave himself yeah, up yeah, to yeah, continue just, the clock. Yeah, that's he, correct. He throws that's that right. ball away. Yeah, yeah, right. So before we close out here, gentlemen, here, here's, here's the question. I mentioned there's something about the Titans. Do, do we chalk this up as there's something about the Titans, or should we be generally concerned about this team? Defensively, I think you have to think differently than you did last three weeks. Less, I, yeah. less optimistic about what this defense is capable of, I think. Yeah, or at least what it's demonstrated it will do when it comes to that, right? I mean, I still think it's capable of something, but um, it, at some point, it, what you do is who you are. And, you know, that's, it's not far enough along to have faith in it right now that that's going to be the difference maker uh, on that last Saturday in January in Foxborough, yeah. um, if it should come to that, uh, right? I mean, I, that's... And I do feel like I've I've had that mentality uh, all along, like, which is probably why I'm I'm a little more, I don't know if patience the right word, but I mean, you know, I sort of feel like the ebb and flow of this is the ebb and flow of this until they're at, you know actually in peril from getting in the playoffs or something. Sure. You know, it's it's about building to that. And I think you're absolutely correct, Johnny, because let's say they have the driver's seat in the AFC West, but these next two games are critical. Yes, it's the Chargers and Raiders, and I know a lot of people out there, man, it's the Chargers and Raiders, but they're divisional foes, and, and you just toss out records, you toss out statistics whenever the Chiefs play the Chargers, the Broncos, or the Raiders, because anything can and will happen in those games. It can, but, you know, I don't remember the updated number, but this is the, and this this is funny, it's going to come to this a little bit, right? So we've got the one Andy 1-8 one and eight versus the Titans thing. We've also got the whatever Andy is, 21-3 and three yeah. against yes. the AFC West. Dominant. And at some point, you know, that's going to even out a little. Um, for, for the sake of Chiefs fans, I, I, let's hope it's not in the next two weeks. Yeah. Well, I just next three to, weeks, really, with Just because it seems like we're winding down. Before we sign off, I, I think we should acknowledge that tomorrow's Veterans Day. And we've got a guy here in the seat. That's exactly right. One, one of oh, our boy. own. So I just wanted to, I think we should just say happy Veterans Day to our guy. And uh, what, what stands out to you, Toba? What are you going to, first of all, tomorrow you're gonna just going to be traveling home. <laughs> Yes, I'm not really doing anything. It's the first He's time still ever. Writing. He's still writing the story. <laughs> You're still going to be checking KansasCity.com for the story. Um, but still, I just wondered if, if there's anything you like to do on Veterans Day. Well, typically, a Veterans Day is a, is, a, is a time for me. This is the first time I'm actually going to be working on Veterans Day. Even uh, yeah, you're traveling. I consider traveling for the job. That's work. And not only that, I have to write snap counts in the morning. But usually, <laughs> I will take in the parade. There are two um, holidays for most veterans that are sacred. Veterans Day obviously is one and the other one Memorial Day. Sure. Memorial Day I'll, I'll, I'll typically go off and visit 
a cemetery, and I happen to live on Fort Leavenworth, and thankfully they have a national cemetery over there as well. But thank you for that. You know, I think that's the nicest thing. Sam McDowell he'll, he'll has surprise you now and then. He surprised <laughs> me with that. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going I'm to turn this off, so I'm going to let you, uh, you sign do, this do off. Do the here. outro. Here we go. Sam McDowell by like Gregorian. This I is like Herbie Tiobi signing off from Nissan Stadium. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.